0: We'll hear argument first this morning, number 93-723, the United States versus Excitement Video, Inc. General Days.
1: Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, at issue in this case is the constitutionality of Section 2252 of the Child Protection Act of 1984 as amended. That section prohibits, prohibits knowingly transporting, shipping, receiving, or distributing in interstate or foreign commerce or males, any visual depiction, if the producing of that depiction involves the use of a minor engaging in sexually explicit conduct, and the visual depiction is of such conduct. The text of Section 2252 is set out at 3A of the appendix to our opening brief. The Ninth Circuit held the statute unconstitutional on its face under the First Amendment because it held that the statute did not require an element of the offense, be that the defendant knew the minority status of at least one of the performers engaging in sexually explicit conduct, but rather, according to the Court, imposed strict liability. As a consequence, respondents' convictions under Section 2252 were reversed. We submit that the Court of Appeals committed error in this respect because 2252 does require that the defendant know that at least one performer in the visual depiction, is a minor. Consequently, we urge this Court to reverse and remand the case for further proceedings consistent with that proper reading of the statute. General Days,
0: the government, I would think, could also have argued that the Ninth Circuit was wrong because no such ciento requirement was required by the Constitution.
1: Your Honor, uh, we're not here to argue whether there was, in fact, an unconstitutionality presented in this case, but merely that there was a constitutional problem. Uh, perhaps at another time one could discuss whether the statute would be constitutional without a Sienta requirement, that is, as a strict liability statute, but that's not presented by this case. Why not? Well, because uh, federal courts are required, according to principles of interpretation, to try to avoid constitutional problems unless it would be clearly contrary to the intent of Congress.
0: But what if a majority of the court were to conclude that fairly reading the statute, there was no such see enter requirement.
1: Well, if this Court were to so decide, I would, I would conclude the matter. Why?
0: We don't take our law by stipulation of the parties. We would be perfectly free to say that
1: there is no constitutional requirement. Well, that's what I'm suggesting. Huh. If the Court were to decide that, that certainly would resolve the matter. But our concern with the Ninth Circuit opinion is that it made no effort, according to the dictates of this Court's decisions, to try to avoid the constitutional problem. It's certainly, uh, as we understand it, not the duty of federal courts to try to seek out a constitutional problem and resolve it if it's not presented. And we think that particular problem, in the way the Ninth Circuit handled this case, and its failure to recognize that normally Cienter is presumed to be part of a statute, even when there's no Cienter requirement on the face of the statute. The Ninth Circuit's failure to use those two (laughs) principles of construction namely avoiding constitutional interpretation, and, two, reading this background assumption of the criminal law, namely Cienter, into the statute caused it to commit error.
2: Well, Ms. Uh, General Days, the most natural reading of the statute uh, may be that which the Ninth Circuit adopted. The language is set off by commas, and it might be the most natural reading. Isn't that correct?
1: Uh, perhaps so, uh, Justice O'Connor. Uh, there are many readings that have been offered in connection with his statute, indeed, in this litigation. The Ninth Circuit held that knowingly went just to transporting and distributing and so forth and didn't reach visual because depictions. That's how
2: it, it is set out.
1: Well, visual depiction actually is before the if clause, the dependent clause, and yet the Ninth Circuit held that that wasn't encompassed. And then we have the uh, amicus, the linguists, who say that it goes down to include visual depiction and apparently the respondents take that view mm-hmm. uh, it seems to me that it is also possible because it's not clear from the statute how far it knowingly travels down the paragraph that it could include the entire provision uh, and besides even if it's
2: what do we normally do if we think the, the language is clear
1: well you you <laughs> go with the, the language as as it's set out in the statute but I think courts do that only when doing so would not present constitutional problems. And although a natural reading of the statute is one way that the courts can approach this issue, mm-hmm. uh, I think this court has held that in some cases, particularly in criminal cases, the most plausible reading of the statute is not the one that the court should adopt. Those are uh, constitutional problems.
2: Judge Kozinski, in the opinion below, thought that you couldn't read knowingly into it, but what the court should do is to import a recklessness requirement for the age.
1: Yes, he did say that.
2: What I is don't. your position on the Kozinski view?
1: Our position is that it is not necessary for the court to do that for several reasons. One, knowingly is in the statute, so it suggests something about Congress's uh, regard for that level of sienter And the Model Penal Code suggests that where a level of cienter is stated in a statute, it's appropriate to read that level of cienter throughout the entire statute unless there's something clearly to the contrary that would suggest otherwise. We also think that knowingly is consistent with what Congress had in mind, looking at the legislative history. If there's any lesson that one can draw from the legislative history, it is that Congress Wanted to enter in the statute that it was not thinking in terms of strict liability. Now, as but,
3: I understand it, uh, General Day, uh, when the statute was in, enacted in 1978, it had the word "obscene" before visual depiction.
1: That's correct. Uh, that that uh, particular uh, statute is set out at 31 of our brief.
3: And at at that point, uh, do you think that the uh, knowledge requirement applied to subsections A and B?
1: Given the history of the the statute, the legislative history, there are two possible readings, at least. One is that knowingly continued to apply to the minority status of the performer. But there is another reading. Since obscenity was added to the statute, Congress might have had in mind that the c attached to obscenity violations would suffice to uh, comply with any constitutional requirements. And
4: we're talking about this earlier version. This, was this an earlier version that was approved
1: by the whole Congress? The earlier version? Yeah, that, that, that had obscene visual depiction? Oh, yes. That, that became the statute in, in 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a statute that did not have minority status, as an element as such of the offense. What it had was minority status as a penalty-enhancing provision. And it was not until 1984, after this Court's decision in Ferber, that obscenity was dropped. And what happened then was that minority status became the element that distinguished between legal and illegal conduct. It became the boundary between legal conduct, namely the possession of non-obscene material on the one hand, which is protected by this Court's decisions and by the First Amendment, and illegal material uh, following Ferber, uh, which would be non-obscene pornographic material involving minors as performers. But, oh, but it same. is odd that
3: the deletion of, of one word would imply the, uh, the inclusion of two other Unstated words.
1: What are the two other... Inst- well, it would be knowingly
3: as to A and knowingly as to B.
1: Well, knowingly was in the statute all along. Knowingly never, never dropped out. And the question is... Well, know, I mean, if
3: you assume that with obscene you did not need knowingly for A and B.
1: Well, that, that certainly... Uh, would ra- ra-
3: be rather odd to say that, it, that there's an implied extension by the deletion of the word obscene.
1: You Honor, I, certainly that is a difficulty with that particular reading, but not inconsistent with the legislative history. And the fact that knowingly was retained throughout this process I think is instructive because if one looks at a companion provision to 2252, namely 2251, which has to do with the production of child pornography, the history shows that Congress in 1978 dropped the term knowingly, uh, intending, based upon advice that it received from the department of justice that that was not necessary because it would be a situation where appropriately a producer should be given the burden of determining whether the the performer was in fact uh, a minor and would suffer the consequences if he or she failed in that regard
5: general days you said you explained that the statute which once had minority as a penalty enhancer was changed to make penalty an element of an offense. Why, then, wasn't this indictment insufficient for failure to allege an essential element of the offense because minority status was not alleged in the indictment?
1: That's a very good question, Justice Ginsburg. Uh, Let me say first that the lower courts have, the Court of Appeals, did not address the sufficiency of the indictment issue, but on that very... Point. Uh, Russell versus United States uh, seems to suggest, although uh, we are not reading it in, in this way, that uh, where a court imposes an element that was not on the face of the statute, then the indictment is insufficient if it does, does not have that element uh, set out uh, in terms. But uh, one, one can read the US, uh, Russell versus United States and subsequent cases. To hold that, the, the issue is where an element of fact uh, is, is supplied, in fact, by a decision of the court that the indictment that lacks that particular information is deficient. In Russell, it had to do with contempt of Congress, and the question was, uh, did the indictment adequately notify the defendant that uh, pertinent questions had to be answered? questions pertinent to the subject of the inquiry. And what this court said was it is not sufficient in the indictment to simply follow the statute, the terms of the statute, track the statute, because the subject of the inquiry is not clear, and therefore the indictment has to provide the defendant with more notice. But we think here, we have the term knowingly, and if this court determines that knowingly, in fact, reaches the uh, the minority status of the performer, I don't believe that uh, there would be a a problem with the indictment, but as I said initially, this is something that the Court of Appeals uh, perhaps is in the best position to sort out, and it it was not presented to the Court for uh, determination.
5: So your first answer is that knowingly travels down the indictment just as you urge it travels down the statute? That's correct.
6: May I ask you, General Days, on on the basic argument that you're making that we should avoid the constitutional issue by construing the statute to this knowing requirement. Would you not make precisely the same argument if the word knowingly were not in the statute, given our decision last year in the Staples case, holding that even though the word knowingly wasn't in the, the, the gun statute, the Court thought there was a presumption that the criminal must be proven to have known the facts and made his conduct illegal?
1: That's correct, uh, Justice Stevens, uh, not only in Staples, but this Court in Posters and Things, in Liparota. In Bailey.
6: of word knowingly was in the statute. It
1: was. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, but the process that we are describing that you identified is one that this Court has utilized in a number of cases, most recently in Staples.
2: But so wouldn't that, we import a recklessness requirement according to the Osborne case rather than a knowingly requirement? If, if the word weren't in the statute.
1: Yes. All. If the word were not in the statute, it would be easier to to embrace a recklessness standard. Osborne uh, certainly, recognize was that it was
6: a pro- recklessness standard.
1: Uh, no, no, it was not a recklessness Weissness standard. be
6: recklessness standard?
1: Well, our position is that knowingly is the appropriate standard. Although we cannot ignore the fact that this court in Osborne was confronted with a case where there was no cetera on the face of the statute, and this court accepted the Ohio Supreme Court's decision to invoke a provision, a statutory provision that made recklessness. Uh, the default standard. So that's on the books. And uh, we have indicated in our brief that we think knowingly is more consistent with the legislative history. And uh, I would assume... In general, Days, that's a reasonable thing to do to import knowingly or recklessly or whatever where
4: the legislator has not explicitly addressed the subject. But you're dealing here with a statute in which the legislator has explicitly addressed it. And I, uh, frankly, I don't know how it could have been made any clearer. That the, that the portion of the statute coming after the word, if, is not subject to the knowingly. I, I, I've asked myself several times, you know, how would I have put it if I had wanted to make clear that the knowingly only goes to uh, uh, to uh, uh, shipping and interstate commerce, uh, uh, any visual de- depiction? The way I would have written it is precisely like this. It, 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 it just couldn't be clearer.
1: Well, uh Justice Scalia, certainly one can read it that way, and perhaps it is clearer to you that way, but as I said earlier, uh, the clearest reading of a statute when constitutional issues are presented has not been the reading that this Court has embraced. Well,
4: we've also said that we will not distort a statute uh, uh, from its, uh, its meaning in order to uphold its constitutionality. We're not in the business of writing new statutes.
6: Uh, If a statute
4: means uh, plainly one thing and that thing is unconstitutional, our job is to say so, not to write a new
7: statute.
1: Yes, I would agree with you if it were so plain, but I don't agree that it's so plain uh, based upon the legislative history and based upon the various readings that people who have looked at this statute have have given it. What the legislative
4: history proves to me is that Congress made a mistake.
1: Uh, Congress cannot make a mistake. I think Congress can make a mistake, but this Court should do its best unless it's clearly obvious that Congress made a mistake to uh, help Congress avoid moving into a constitu- unconstitutional realm. And I think that there is clear on the face of the legislative history of this statute that what Congress wanted to do was live within the Constitution as it understood it, not to test the boundaries of the Constitution. Uh, uh, Senator Roth, when he was talking about his earlier... Position, I'm sure that's what
4: they wanted to do.
1: Well, I think... The that, question is whether
4: they succeeded. It. it is the question that... Because the we have a statute in front of us that says, that says to me plainly one thing, that well, you need to know only what precedes the word if.
1: Justice Scalia, I think that if one looks at the 1984 legislative history, what Congress was trying to do uh, in 1984, it's clear that it wanted to adhere to this Court's decision in Ferber. It removed the obscenity requirement and the idea was to go as far as the Constitution would allow. I find it very difficult to conclude that Congress, having converted a statute from a penalty enhancement provision to one where the minority status of the performer is the pivotal issue, it is the element that makes the difference, that we we presume that Congress did not intend that the defendant have knowledge of that. Going further
4: than that, Mr. Days, as I read this statute, Uh, All all the person has to know is that he is shipping a visual depiction. He does not even have to know that the visual depiction is pornographic.
1: Yes, and I think that... That's the way it's written, however. the, The legislative history suggests that Congress did not want to impose that type of liability. It was not in the business of criminalizing a broad range of otherwise innocent behavior. So that this statute, I think, should not be read, given that background, to criminalize, for example, the innocent handling of material that turns out to be sexually explicit conduct involving minor performers. And this Court has stated innumerable times that it's not going to invite that type of constitutional problem. Don't you think it would be useful
4: to to read it the way it's written? Uh, don't, Don't you think it might be useful in causing Congress to be more careful, especially in criminal statutes, about what it says in the future?
1: Justice Scalia, I, I suppose that one of this Court's jobs could be to teach Congress a lesson, but I don't Congress think that's To the read objective. the
4: law the way it's written. And if they, if they want us to apply the law, to say we're going to apply it the way you write it.
1: Yes, I, I think that is an appropriate beginning point in an analysis of the statute. But as I've indicated, uh, the, the problem here is that we have principles of interpretation that lead us in a different direction. And unless this Court is going to reject principles of interpretation that it's utilized uh, very effectively, and I think very uh, judiciously, if I may use that term, in many other circumstances, unless it's going to abandon those principles, those principles apply to this statute point in the direction of constitutionality, General, not unconstitutionality. Is, this
2: is a peculiar statute. Even if we did, as you suggest, and, and read it as importing knowingly yes. even to the minority status, uh, I suppose the clerk of this court, in receiving the video in question, has violated the statute. I suppose we have, if we've looked at it. And
1: well, you're the I've ultimate arbiter of that, uh, Justice O'Connor, and but the, certainly uh, that's suggested.
2: Certainly the language of the statute, even read as you would have us read it, has no exceptions.
1: I beg your pardon? Uh, even when someone knows that it's a minor performing in the in the uh, material. Yes, I suppose you're, you're right, and, and maybe this court in another context should look at the question of what defenses would be available. But again, that's not presented by this case.
5: Is there other context, anything uh, for the further proceedings? I wasn't clear. Uh, you, you repeated today what was in your reply brief. We should reverse and remand for further proceedings. Your yes. opening brief seemed to uh, say that we should... Um that there was no need for a remand, that we should uh, affirm the convictions. Yes. Well,
1: we're we're standing by the position we took in our reply brief, because there are two issues that remain for determination by the Court of Appeals. One is that the indictment was fatally defective, and the other is that the tapes did not constitute child pornography. And I, I must admit, I don't understand fully The nature of that argument perhaps uh, my my learned colleague can elucidate that for you but those are the two issues that are that are presented for the court of appeals on remand if this this court determines that the statute is in fact constitutional which we hope it will
5: the efficiency of the indictment because it didn't allege minority that's
1: correct it it is the issue that uh, you justice ginsburg uh, raised in your question to me general
8: days you haven't made a kind of absurd result argument here this morning I want to know whether you're waiving it. I suppose the absurd result argument would be that it would be ridiculous for Congress to waste its time putting or, or retaining at the time of the amendment the, the knowingly requirement, if all it was concerned uh, with was uh, that the defendant uh, know that he is shipping or know that he is shipping a visual depiction. Uh, That would be a waste of ink. Uh, surely Congress wouldn't have bothered to, uh, even to put a state of mind in there unless Congress must have had, or to retain a state of mind requirement, unless Congress had in mind the far more difficult issues, uh, of the minority character and the depiction of the minority character in that. Do you, do you want to, do you shy away from that argument? Do you reject
1: it? No, I do not. I I think that uh, normally Cienter is not required when one is dealing with certain jurisdictional uh, uh, requirements of a a criminal statute. And the fact that knowingly is sitting there, and according to the Ninth Circuit, just applies to uh, transporting, receiving, and mailing, is something of an odd placement when there is this very significant issue, namely the knowledge of minority status of the performer, uh, in that new statute. It becomes, as I indicated, the, the pivotal consideration, really at the heart of criminality under the statute. And I I think that uh, uh, this Court has assumed that Congress, uh, since its members take uh, an oath to uphold the Constitution and swear to abide by it, that that's what Congress was doing, and had read Ferber, understood that Ferber required some level of sienter, and was acting in accordance with that. But even, even, even without the
8: Ferber consideration, why waste time putting the word knowingly in there if all you're concerned with in a statute of this scope is the fact of shipment or the fact of depiction? I, I would presumably agree. Presumably, Congress has a serious purpose, and they must have been serious about the, the subject of the depiction and the knowledge uh, of, of minority status. I, I would
1: agree. Well, no Days, is it
6: common ground that this material would be constitutionally protected if it were not did not contain a minority performer?
1: Uh, yes, Justice Stevens. Uh, there was no uh, claim throughout this proceeding that the materials were obscene, and therefore they would be protected by the First Amendment.
7: Could, could I, yes, uh, go, Justice Breyer. Um, as I understand it, I'll show you that the difficulty I'm having is this. As I understand it, you have a statute, and let's say it has three parts. Somebody receives some photos, and the photos turn out to be pornographic, and the pornography involves a child. Those are the three parts. Now, one possibility is that Congress meant all you need to know is that you've received some photos, in which case the postman is likely guilty of the crime. Yes, all right. That doesn't seem to me likely but that's what they wanted, but that's a possibility. The second thing is, well, you had to know there were photos, and you also had to know that they're pornographic. And the third possibility is you had to know there are photos, you know they're pornographic, and you know they are children. Now, that third part is where I have the question. Imagine that the statute was totally silent. What is the normal? cienter requirement that courts import where the statute is totally silent. That is to say, there's a whole book here called The Criminal Code of the United States, which has hundreds, 800 and something approximately, (laughs) different crimes. And only a few of those actually use words like knowingly or say what the cienter is. And what's the normal thing if you counted them up? I mean, my guess is it's knowingly. And it's unusual to import the word recklessly. But I'm not certain of that, and that's why I'm asking the question.
1: Justice Breyer, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, certainly, this Court, in importing a scienter requirement in the cases that I'm aware of, has looked at knowingly as the standard and not something less than that. But it is the case that, at least under the Model Penal Code, uh, recklessly is viewed as the default standard, if there's not a mention of a C-Enter requirement in the statute. And why, why would Judge it, Kaczynski did what he did, I believe?
4: What about the second possibility that uh, Justice Breyer mentioned that the knowingly requirement extends only to knowledge that the material is pornographic? Why isn't well, that a possibility that, uh, that, that you propose to us?
1: That, that is an approach that was taken by uh, the lower courts, and I think it was drawn from this court's decision in obscenity cases, where, as in Hamling or or Smith, if you knew uh, the nature and character of the materials, the fact that you didn't know that they were obscene and you were told after you were indicted uh, that they were obscene would not be a defense. But it seems to me that that standard cannot be appropriate in the context of child pornography. One cannot know the nature and character of the materials unless one knows that they contain minor performers.
4: One can know that it's pornography. Can't we, uh, can't we uh, assume that pornography is entitled to a lesser degree of First Amendment protection, just as some other kinds of speech are, such as uh, commercial speech? And say that Congress, in effect, adopted an absolute rule. When you know you're dealing with pornography, you take your chances as to whether the actors in this pornographic material are minors. Isn't that a reasonable uh, explanation of Congress's intent?
1: Uh, it is a way of of reading it, and we've set out in our brief when we discuss the recklessness standard. In no old
4: days, would it not
6: encounter precisely the same textual difficulty that the statute the other well,
1: reading? Well, it does, Justice Stevens. I was just going to point out that when we talk about recklessly, le- recklessly we included uh, the fact that there had to be some knowledge of the nature and character of the material, and then reckless disregard for that particular awareness. So it's a See combination. Why that's any,
4: any more easy to reconcile with the text than, uh, than, than the other.
1: Well, we're, we're not denying that that's yeah. a possibility, but continue to view knowingly as the appropriate way to work within the statute because of legislative history, because of the approach that this court has taken, in other circumstances, where knowingly was not even on the face of the statute. General
2: Days, I thought we had already agreed that it doesn't require obscenity or pornography, but just a visual depiction of sexually explicit conduct. That's correct. All right.
6: But isn't that a synonym for pornography in the way you've been arguing the case?
1: Yes. If there are no further questions, I'd like to reserve the balance for rebuttal.
0: Very well, General Dates. Uh Mr. Fleischmann?
9: Mr. Chief Justice, may it please the Court. When Congress enacted the Child Pornography Act of 1977, it deliberately treated the statute as the kind of a kind of sexual offense statute where knowledge of the minority was not an element of the offense, as, for example, in the Mann Act. And the Mann Act was specifically referred to um, by the Department of Justice when it made its recommendations with regard to this statute.
5: Is there a word knowingly in the Mann Act? I don't recall.
9: I believe not, uh, Justice Ginsburg. Uh, but we were the, using that
5: model, they should, not, they should have just said transport in interstate commerce.
9: Whatever that may be, Your Honor, I'm saying that if you look at this, the text of the statute and its legislative history, that is the model, I believe, that congress used and that therefore congress deliberately and unambiguously omitted knowledge of minority because that's the way these statutes traditionally have been uh, dealt with
4: did they omit um, knowledge of uh, uh, pornographic character
9: that's an arguable point, Your Honor, because the knowledge... Oh, is it,
4: I don't see why it's any more arguable well, than the other. You seem to take the position that the statute does require knowledge that the photographs depict sexual conduct, but position, does not require knowledge of, uh, of minority. It seems to
9: me if it requires the one, it requires the other. My position, Your Honor, is that the, text, the statute read literally does not require knowledge with regard to either minority or the... Uh, And I prefer not to use the word pornographic, if the honors don't mind, because the term is sexually explicit conduct, and the term sexually explicit conduct is extraordinarily broad, and it includes all nudity, frontal nudity, has been interpreted as being sexually explicit conduct. So we're not talking about uh, pornographic material alone. Uh, We're talking about... Adult material, and we're talking about mainline material.
7: Ad- adult, adult
9: material? Adult material you know, As we uh, talk about it in this and context. This is different from pointing gravity? Yes, Your Honor. In, in many respects. In any event, call it,
8: you? May, may I just in- interrupt you at this point? If that's all Congress had in mind as an object of knowingly, what was the policy behind it? Uh, if, if, for example, a a very high proportion uh, of of visual depictions, is that it, Uh, you know, visual depictions uh, which are shipped or transported, uh, did in fact depict the kind of material that Congress wants to penalize here. I could understand why Congress would say, we will make the knowing element only go to the shipment of a visual depiction, because that's going to pick up the risky stuff. But that's not the case. Most visual depictions, uh, ship and and, uh, interstate commerce, I presume, are are not of this kind of material. So why did Congress bother to put in a knowing requirement, uh, the object of which uh, is is basically innocent conduct?
9: Well, to answer Justice Scalia's question a little further, because one answer that I've given is that the text itself, uh, does not require knowingly with regard to either minority or the nature and character of the material. But if we
8: go beyond the text
9: of the statute and we go to the legislative history, we have the answer to that question. Well, registered. without
8: getting to legislative history, um, if, if I understand your position to be that the statute properly read uh is read as having only shipment of visual material um, uh as the object of knowingly uh, as 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 the as the uh, as as the the uh, the, the, uh, the uh, portion of the sentence modified by knowingly by the adverb then my question arises and that is what could the object of of congress have been in in wanting to make sure uh, that the defendant knew that he was engaging in a form of conduct which is by and large innocent. Most shipment of visual material is not uh, shipment right. of pornography.
9: I agree with uh, what has been said by Justice Scalia. Uh, it was a badly drawn statute. I think that Congress drew a bad law, and that's the simple answer to the
8: text. Well, of law. It's, a, it's a grammatical answer, but it doesn't answer the problem of meaning. I mean, well, we've got to give I meaning to this thing, and wouldn't anyone read that and say, well, surely they weren't wasting their time putting knowingly in there just to make sure that the shipper knew that he was shipping and knew that he was shipping visual material.
9: And that's why I say, Your Honor, if we go to the next step, we go to what the legislative intent is. And that legislative
2: intent... Well, do you agree with me that
8: if you don't go to legislative intent, uh, we have, on your reading? what may be a grammatical reading, but a very foolish statute. Oh, I agree
9: 100% it's a poor statute, Your Honor. I think it's an unconstitutional statute. That's why we're
8: here. Well, apart from unconstitutionality, we would have a statute in which we just couldn't imagine why Congress was even bothering to put in the, the, the adverb. Isn't that fair to say? That
9: is, that is, the textual reading does lead to that result, Your Honor. And when you get to an absurd result, as that would do, Then you go to, as I understand the rules, to the legislative history. And you go to the legislative history, it says that what we mean by the word knowingly is the nature and character of the material. That was explicitly stated by Judge Wald, then its assistant attorney general. That was explicitly what uh, the government believed the statute read for 15 years. This is not a new statute,
8: Your Honor. It, It does present you with another serious grammatical problem, doesn't it? Because grammatically, how how do you separate in the text of this the nature and the character of the material from the minority status of the act?
9: Well, one can do that, Gerard. I prefer, well, one can do it in this way, because the statute reads, if you knowingly transport a visual depiction, so if you know that you're transporting a visual depiction, one could say you know the contents of that visual depiction. If you know the contents, then you reach the nature...
5: you You could have an illustrated Bible... (laughs) Well,
9: depiction. I, <laughs> your Honor, the question that I'm trying to answer is, the is photographs is, at the drugstore in an
6: envelope You don't know what they look necessarily know what's on the photographs
4: Mr. and your, your answer to Justice Souter It seems to me should be that uh, Yes, it, it does make a hash of the text To import only one of the two Only, only, uh, only B rather than A as well uh but we've agreed to make a hash of the text once we once we apply the knowingly to anything that comes after the after the if. So if we're making a hash of the text, let's uh let's make a reasonable hash of it and uh come up with a statute that we like better.
8: Well I'm not sure that a reasonable <laughs> hash is the one that, that, that uh Mr. Fleischman wants to argue for, because a reasonable hash surely is not going to leave the statute uh, as, as being construed to mean that Congress was only concerned with knowing the fact of shipment and knowing the fact of visual depiction. I mean, I, I think you have agreed to that. No.
9: My position is very clear on it. The text of it is an absolutely unconstitutional statute without more. I understand that when you have a, stat- a, a statute where the text is unconstitutional, that sometimes the court looks to legislative history. Sometimes it does not. I'm saying once you agree that the text is bad, and you want to go to the legislative history, the legislative history will permit you to come to the conclusion that there is knowledge with regard to the nature and character
5: why of the law In a criminal statute, if, if it's unconstitutional on its face, why would you look to save it by running to the legislative history when that wouldn't...
9: Ioana, I have no wish to save the statute. I'm here to say it's unconstitutional. All I'm saying is that if you want to go to makes the best case for the statute, I'm trying to make the best case for a statute that is unconstitutional, and I think the best case is not good enough.
0: We've also not not simply gone to legislative history, perhaps we've gone to that less. Instead, there is an implied uh, mens rea requirement, you know, recklessly knowingly, even where it's not written in the statute. Uh, We did that last year. Sure we did
9: it last year, but the rule that came out of the, the Staples case is that's only done when uh, Congress has not manifested a contrary intent. In this case, Congress has manifested a contrary intent both in the text of the statute and in the legislative history. We
0: also did it in that Nevada uh, cash reporting case. We read knowingly to mean something that certainly wasn't necessarily uh, present in the statute.
9: Well, that was read to to include a specific intent requirement, Your Honor. Uh, Of course, the court does do... interpret statutes but the one central rule is that the court will never interpret a statute contrary to the congressional will once you have the congressional will as we have it here that congress did not want to have knowledge of minority then you cannot do what you did in staples because in staples there was no congressional will that was to the contrary as a matter of fact in staples the court pointed out that there was nothing one way or the other to indicate uh, whether they...
0: What what is your basis for the statement that Congress did not want to require uh, knowledge of
9: minority? With regard to the text, Your Honor, when the S-101, the the Roth Amendment, was before the the Congress, it was completely restructured in terms of the indentations and the place where the if was put to make it very clear that they they were accepting... The recommendation of the Department of Justice. There are two things, Your Honor. When, when this Act was uh, uh, passed in 1978, the 1977 Act, there were two sections, 1550, uh, 20, 20, uh, 251 and 2252. And with regard to 2251, the government agrees that the word knowledge was taken out, that it was taken out deliberately, and that there is no way that this Court could then read it back in because of the clarity with which the word, as to the meaning of the removal of the word knowingly. Now, in that same legislative history, Judge Wald said, we'll leave the word knowingly in section 2252, but only, only for the purpose of showing that it has application to the nature and character of the them. This, this was
0: testimony of, of Judge when She was in the Justice Department uh, before the committee. Exactly. Th- that doesn't necessarily represent the final view of the committee.
9: No, it does not. But what does help us along that line was that that, uh, it was not just testimony, it was written testimony, which was appended uh, to the Senate bill, and the equal uh, statement made, made by uh, Attorney uh, Keeney was attached to the House bill, both making the same statement with regard to why the word knowingly remained in 2252 but was not in 2251 and the reason given and the only reason for that was so that it would reach the knowing the nature and character of the material but at the same time the uh, statement said but it does not require the government to prove that the person that the uh, defendant knew. Uh, that's a material uh, applied to a minor engaging in sexually explicit conduct. Mr.
4: Fleischman, could you tell me why, assuming we accept your interpretation of it, uh, that it does require knowledge of a visual depiction, uh, or one of your interpretations, but does not require knowledge of, uh, of minority, why that would be unconstitutional? Why would it be unconstitutional to say, look, if you want to uh, uh, transmit sexually explicit materials in the mail to send or receive them, something short of obscenity, but, but sexually explicit, or adult, if you like, uh, you do it at your own risk. You're welcome to do it, but if, if they're minors, uh, you, it's going to be a criminal offense.
9: Because, Why is as, that, that well, as the General stated, that the single fact that transfers constitutionally protected material from criminal activity is the age of the uh, person depicted. And therefore, what you would have is a very substantial infringement upon constitutionally protected... You mean true of the Mann Act? I'm sorry? I say the same is true of the Mann Act and with all the statutory rape cases? Of course, that's true, Your Honor, but that does not involve any First Amendment problems, because here what we're talking about are books, all forms of media, and most of them... You
0: said the right to procreate is covered by the Constitution, haven't we? I
9: not sure that uh, the analogy is one that is as powerful as it might uh, be, Your Honor. But with all um, due respect, uh, uh, what what we have here is uh, a a, a statute that impinges in all forms of media. We're not talking about, uh, and I know in, in in the minds of some people this is just sort of pornographic material, but this is what we're talking about. It involves movies, it involves art books, it involves all forms of, of, of mainly of mainline material, and to say that all of this is put in jeopardy because I, the 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 single fact that not all of it
4: only only sexually only sexually explicit material not not all the whole world of literature yeah, but, and art and everything but sexually, it's just when you're dealing with sexually explicit material.
9: You take your chances. Your Honor, sexually explicit material involves everything, if you don't, uh, if I may say so, because, first of all, the definition of sexually explicit material includes the actual or simulated lascivious exhibition of the genitals or pubic area of any person. Any, any person, Your Honor, not any minor. I understand that. I'm, I'm well
4: lie upon prosecutorial discretion not to, not to go after the fellow who publishes a medical book or something I'm, like that. I'm not, talking no,
9: about, we... I'm not talking about that, Your Honor. I'm talking about the person who publishes books or makes movies. And if it says that you're a uh, criminal, if it's the act or simulated, and I want to repeat it, lascivious exhibition of the genitals or pubic area of any person, not of any minor, that is to say, of an agonist. Lascivious, lascivious
4: exhibition, right? Of
9: any person, yeah. yes. And when we get to... So it wouldn't
4: cover a medical book at all. It has to be a lascivious exhibition.
9: Oh, I'm not sure at all, Your Honor, because the cases that I have read show, have shown that virtually any depiction of a new frontal nudity is considered lascivious by the juries and courts. So we don't
4: need the addictive I yes.
9: Well, I'm just saying that the term lascivious is so broad that we are talking about everything when we. It's
4: broad at it all. I think it, it 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 separates that exhibition of a naked of a, of a naked or depiction of a naked person from a lascivious exhibition of
9: a, nation, a naked. Whatever. Person. There's no no difference. You, you're what, whatever lascivious may be, Your Honor. And I think that the problems that the court had with regard to obscenity uh, bespeaks that this uh, is a problem that uh, is is are not easily disposed of. But the truth of the matter is, you I
4: don't like obscenity law, then, but that's a, that's a separate problem. But given that there is such a thing as, as lascivious... But, but there isn't. But there isn't. There is not. There is not our a disp- case law says that. We've made a distinction between pornography and and other First Amendment-protected
9: speech. You're saying
4: that distinction is invalid.
9: No, Your Honor, the distinction that has been made, and I don't want to get uh, on too fine a point, but the court has moved from obscenity to lewdness and then we are now over into lasciviousness, which is something different than lewdness. Uh, Your Honor will recall that when the statute was passed originally in 1977, uh, the statute uh, applied to lewd exhibition. Uh, and then somebody thought, well that didn't reach enough, let's just make it lascivious, because then we're going to get some more material too. There is there no case by this Court that I know of, which gives a meaning to the word lascivious. And the Court has worked for some twenty years and more Trying to give some meaning to the word obscenity, So it is not, it, it is not fair uh, to suggest that uh, just because the word lascivious is in there, that protects uh, the art books, it protects the medical books, it it's protects in, in the where?
5: movies. The, this statute says sexually explicit conduct.
9: I'm sorry, the, Your Honor?
5: This particular statute says sexually explicit conduct, right?
9: That's what the statute says, yes, Senator. but if yes. Your Honor looks, to sec- uh, looks at section 2256, 2E, uh, it tells you what sexually explicit conduct is. And one of the things that it tells you is that it is what I've just uh, read to uh, Justice Scalia. It also says that uh, sexually explicit conduct is actual or simulated uh, masochistic or sadistic abuse. Without any further elaboration. And it should be noted that prior... Imagine that. Imagine that, yes. I I dare say that uh, every one of the detective books, the magazines uh, uh, that's on the newsstands, uh, would fit uh, this masochistic or sadistic abuse. It does not say abuse for sexual purposes even, as the statute originally did when it was enacted in 1977. And that was specifically taken out in the 1984 amendment. So that what what we have then is a statute, if we take out the knowledge of minority, is a statute that is all of us. I think what Justice uh, O'Connor said is true. You're all child pornographers. I mean, I don't want to say it quite that way, but you have, received, you have received this material. And if you didn't know, and actually if you do know, perhaps, uh, uh, you're caught in the red. This is a very broad, a very dangerous statute.
4: There is a long-standing exception for law enforcement officers from all sorts of criminal statutes, criminal trespass, and so forth. It doesn't make an explicit exception for a law enforcement officer with a warrant, but it's understood that that's an exception. I don't really think that Justice O'Connor and I have to worry a whole lot about, uh, about this
9: statute. I'd be glad to defend, Your Honor.
4: And I don't think we have to abandon all notion of, 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 uh, uh, of pornography in, in order to save ourselves.
9: In any event, to uh, come back to the, uh, to the statutory construction, there is another line uh, that I think the Court should consider in terms of why the appropriate uh, resolution of this case is to declare the statute unconstitutional on its face because there are remaining constitutional problems uh, that would be in the statute, and I have already touched uh, on, on two of them, and that is you will have to face the... the the fact that Section 2256, 2e, is plainly unconstitutional on its face because it uses, if for no other reason, but for the reason that it uses the, the the word "persons" instead of "minors." So you have it if it's the actual or simulated lascivious exhibition of the pubic area, the genitals the pubic area of any person. I assume we can all agree that that statute, as written, is unconstitutional.
6: Yes, but that only goes to what sexually explicit conduct. And another part of the statute makes it clear that sexually explicit con- vis- visual depictions of sexually explicit conduct are not forbidden unless a minor is one of the persons depicted.
9: But the statute then should have said uh, any uh, depiction of a minor. But does say it in the, vi-
6: the in the visual. De-
9: the depiction. Well, but if your honour looks at the 2256 2e. Well, yes, I know, but that's only a
6: definition of what what uh, well, of what the. Uh, Sexually explicit conduct. Really,
9: but then the definition is too broad,
6: I, I'm suggesting, that It vague. doesn't prohibit all visual de- depictions of spe- sexually explicit conduct.
5: And just before, it defines minor. Yeah. We don't erase the de- definition of minor when we get to the second definition. Well,
9: let's agree that Congress made a mistake there. That's all. They should have used the word minors. Make a
0: mistake. So far, at least, I think there's several of my colleagues... I've well, that way, but because the definition uh, refers, to what you're talking about, the terms that define sexually explicit conduct. In addition to that, the, there's a requirement that a person to be a minor.
9: May I just read the statute? It's accurately stimulated, lascivious exhibition of the genitals or pubic error of any person. Now, Your Honor is saying they didn't mean... I don't, I know what's what behind it all, but the language used is bad. Let me put that aside. Uh, there is another problem that, uh, uh will be hanging over for the court and, and with deep constitutional, uh, a deep constitutional cloud. And that is section 2251. If everybody agrees deliberately, unambiguously, omitted the word knowledge so that it does not apply to uh, the minority of the person
8: well it does in, in, in subsections A and B, but it doesn 't admit it from subsection C, in other words, it, it, it omits the requirement of knowledge uh, for the, the the offense of employing the minor, and it omits the requirement of knowledge on, on the part of a parent or guardian allowing the minor to be used That's right Your honor, but it doesn 't omit the, the the knowledge requirement in the in the advertising section
9: no, i 'm talking about subsection A for the moment, Your honor and if we agree for the moment that Section 2252 would be unconstitutional if it did not have uh, knowledge of minority in it in Section 2252, if we agree to that.
5: I, I'm not sure of the proposition we're agreeing to. You said the government conceded the unconstitutionality of 2251 without a knowledge requirement, but, but General Dace just explained the difference between the one who makes the film and the one who is simply distributing it.
9: I understand that, Your Honor. What I'm saying is this. If, hypothetically, Section 2252 is unconstitutional because it does not have a sci as to minority requirement in it, if that's true, and if it's true that 2251 does not have a, requir- a sci-enter requirement in it, then it would seem to follow logically that for the same reasons that 2252 would be unconstitutional, to would be unconstitutional.
8: so you would have that ignores the distinction that Justice Ginsburg just uh, mentioned, attributing it to the solicitor general the the, the the subsections of five one which omit the minority requirement are are kind of action subsections employing minors, allowing minors to be used uh, as as distinct uh, from from knowledge of the content of written material there is the distinction so. It may, maybe 5-1 is unconstitutional. I, I'm not suggesting that it is, but it, if it is, it, it is not simply because it follows from the unconstitutionality of 5-2. I'm
9: not, that's, that's the purpose of this argument, Ron, is not to say that it is, in fact, unconstitutional. I'm just saying that it would have a heavy cloud upon it, and it would be helpful for
8: Congress to clean up the well, whole... You, you then, you then say no distinction can be made between, um, it can reasonably be made for, for, for this purpose. Uh, between the uh, the kind of obvious First Amendment uh, subjects of, um, of of written material and the kind of ostensibly non-First Amendment subject of, of employing and allowing them to be employed.
9: At, at this time, Your Honor, all I'm saying is that there would be a serious constitutional cloud on Section 2251 without saying that it would necessarily be unconstitutional, and that would be a prudential reason for the Court to find this statute unconstitutional because it does have a lot of vices in it, and the Court could then uh, be helpful to Congress in terms of letting Congress pass a a law that would also
0: correct — You say that we should uh, say that 2251 is unconstitutional? No, Your Honor,
9: no. What I'm saying is that the Court should say that there would be a serious problem with regard to the constitutionality of 2251, if it were necessary to say 2252 to read a knowledge... Well,
0: what if we didn't agree that there was any serious constitutional problem with respect to 2251? Well, then you wouldn't say that. <laughs> That's
9: what I would <laughs> No, I would not. I, I, I could hope not. But I am uh, suggesting that to the extent that, there, it, that 2252 is unconstitutional if it does not have this knowledge requirement, then there is a powerful argument to be made that 2251 might be unconstitutional for the same reason, and it would be uh, poor policy uh, to save 2252 and leave 2251 hanging out there for the next, uh, as, as the next target. Uh, in this way, I think the, the court could be very helpful, uh, not only to, 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 uh, to uh, Congress, but more importantly, to the First Amendment, in terms of to people who actually have to deal with this type of materials.
7: Suppose that you did think that the strict liability as to the age of the person depicted raised a constitutional problem. Suppose, for example, you thought a lot of people who were going to ship material that they had a constitutional right to ship, say, of adults. Yes, sir or works of art, or whatever, some not works of art, but regardless, they had a constitutional right, would have to err on the safe side. And therefore, they would have to refrain from shipping material that they had a constitutional right to ship. Yes, Suppose you believed that, but you thought the statute might be saved by importing a enter either of recklessly or of knowingly. How would you decide which of those two would be the appropriate CNT requirement for this step. I would say neither, and I would say that the requirement
9: should be specific intent. Specific intent, something like what you have in the cheat case. After all, if there are difficulties in terms of what's involved in, 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 in terms of what the meaning of the statute is, mm-hmm. at the very least, a person ought to know that he's committing a crime. There is just uh, the ambiguity with regard to the minority put aside for the moment, There are a lot of other problems in here where a person can be a perfectly innocent law-abiding citizen and be trapped into this broad law. So if you're going to try and save it at all, I would say that it has to have specific intent. Your Honours did that, as uh, the Chief uh, pointed out earlier, in the case that uh, you wrote, uh, uh, Justice Ginsburg, with regard to the uh, Nevada case where there was specific intent with regard to the money laundering. If you have specific intent there read in, it would seem to me it's more appropriate to read a specific intent into a statute, a criminal statute, of this type of severity, uh, where the uh, First Amendment's uh, interests are so uh, strongly at play.
5: I thought that case involved construction of the words of a statute. It did, Your Honor,
9: but uh, there were a number of constructions possible, and the construction that Your Honor gave it in terms of the uh, willfulness was uh, to make it, inspe- Willfulness,
5: it w- the, wi- the word willful was used in this statute It was, Your Honor I, 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 I think Your Honor did right I think that was a good
9: decision and I'm saying it's a good model and I think we ought to use that model now in terms of interpreting this statute if the court wants to interpret it but I do believe that this is a case where the court should not interpret it I think that this is a case where Congress has spoken Congress has spoken clearly unambiguously Thank you, Mr. Fleischman Thank Your you has expired Thank you very much, Your
0: Honest. General Daze, uh, you have one minute remaining.
1: Mr. Chief Justice, I'll wait my rebuttal time. Thank you very much.
0: Very well. The case is submitted.